you know, I, I have a, I have a few policies around being a fan. One of them is there's no wrong way to be a fan. You are, however you love Bruce, you love Bruce, right? Right. There's no wrong way. There's one kind of fan I, that particularly makes me itchy, but there's no wrong way to do it. Everybody's a fan if they say they're a fan or they love the music. That's it, period. And I also have a, a policy that I'm not, until and unless Bruce or any of them, any member of the band asks me themselves for criticism or critique, until they ask, I'm not given any, right? It is not my job to tell Bruce Springsteen what album to create or what's good or bad it's where you know as he says we're in a conversation together and he's keeping up his end of the bargain i'm going to keep up my end of the bargain Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, but I will be honest, I'm feeling a little bit like um, Nicole Wallace or, uh, you know, Joy Reed, uh, because I am talking to uh, Betsy Hodges, the former mayor of Minneapolis, and, uh, but we're not going to talk politics, we're going to talk Bruce, but Betsy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, I am so excited to be here. Yeah, so, um, so tell us a little about yourself, give us your elevator pitch. My elevator pitch. Well, I am a fan of Bruce Springsteen. I think to anybody listening, that should be the first thing I say in an elevator pitch. Uh, I am the former mayor of Minneapolis. So I was in city government for many, many years in Minneapolis. And since leaving office in 2018, I have been working with cities on progressive policy. And my husband and I moved to Washington, D.C. about a year and a half ago about a year and a half ago. So we are in the thick of some of uh, the country's recent adventures. Yeah, so I, I'll start off right away. You don't have a senator. No. <laughs> or uh, or any representation in the House of Representatives. It's very, I mean, we, I know, I know uh, uh, Ms. Holmes Norton and that's fantastic, but she doesn't have a vote that counts. So yes. I have no meaningful representation in Congress. Yeah, that's uh, when I f- first heard that, um, I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and, and so I, uh, it's, it, it is a weird time. All the, um, all the things from when I was a sophomore taking civics in um, Sam Houston High School in Moss Bluff, Louisiana has come back over the past, you know, you know, especially four years, just in all this thing. And it's been a, it's, it's been a fascinating thing. And uh, I have not watched more news 
you know, during this past time than I've ever been. My wife is looking forward to, she goes, after the inauguration, I won't have to watch the news anymore. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, right. Mm -hmm. Well, although, although, you know, given my history, it will always be an interest of mine, our civic life and our communal life. So absolutely. And uh, I say that with just a slight um, sarcasm because she will always, you know, kind of watch and enjoy. But uh, she joked about she's looking forward to um, Rachel Maddow going back to on Friday nights where she used to make drinks. (laughs) They would have a drink and cocktail because it was like, oh, it's Friday night. There's something exciting going on. And so that's good. Yes. Yes. I look forward to, to, to watching the news with less dread. Yes, I think that is a fair statement. And uh, how are you and your husband doing during this pandemic? We're doing really well. Thank goodness I married well. So the fact that we spend all this time together, we've been together 14 years. And I think the last 10 months we've spent as much or more time together than in the preceding 14 years, you know, I bet. all together. But, uh, you know, we're doing all right. Uh, we're Look, we're healthy and employed, and that's a lot to be grateful for in these times. So. It truly is. Uh, we, um, I'm, I live here in Texas, and so the middle of March, I had started a new company. I'd started with a brand new company in February. Um, in middle of March, we, we shut it down. We sent everyone home. Um, we were really slow and I was really worried, like, okay, do they really need a call center director? Uh, but um, our owner, uh, I do, we do roadside assistance in the RV industry. Oh, wow. And he said, we're going to be busy. Now's your time. Oh, people he said, are... Exactly. And he said, you know, and so all during March and all during April, he says, we're fine. It's okay. I know it's slow now, but trust me, we're going to be okay. And uh, we went back the middle, of, toward the end of May, we went back in the office, uh, following all the safe protocols. We wear masks if we're not at our desks. Every day when I walk in the office, someone meets me at the door, takes my temperature, asks me, you know, have you been exposed to anyone with COVID? Have, un- do you have a fever? Have you had any unusual cough, shortness of breath? Um, and, uh, you know, this was the busiest summer we've ever had. And we joked about it was the summer of RV and it turned to the fall of RV. So I am exactly the same way at New Year's Eve. um, I said, you know, I got a brand new job that I love. We got a new Springsteen album, which is amazing. I want to hear your thoughts on it. And we got a new president elect. So maybe 2020 wasn't the crappiest year ever. (laughs) It's a crappy year, but you know. So much, so many great music things happened, at least for me in 2020 and, uh, you know, capped off by Bruce uh, and the band releasing a new album and that amazing documentary where we could see it happening in that moment and, you know, see them together. And I, uh, I forget who recommended it. One of the reviewers recommended it. So I watched the documentary before I listened to the album. So that was my first introduction to all of that music. Besides, of course, Letter to You and Ghosts. Right. And it was my first introduction to the whole album. And I, I am so pleased that I did it that way because that was a very exciting way to hear that music for the first time. Yeah, my, Linda is my wife and she is a casual Springsteen fan at best. And, you know, she's 
puts up with me podcasting. So, um, and there often is the statement, does it have to be about Bruce again? Like, you know, <laughs> hey, I want to tell you something. Is it about Bruce? Yes. Okay, then yes. I don't want to hear it. Uh, yes. But um, she said, I want to watch the documentary with you. So she watched it and she had not listened to the album and she was like, oh, I like that song. Ooh, I like that song. Oh, I like that song. And uh, we were driving back. My, my mom still lives in Louisiana. And so we were we had gone and visit her and um, she's in Lake Charles. So she had gone through two hurricanes and I said, forget COVID. I know I'm worried, but my mom has gone through two hurricanes. I've got to go see her. And Linda mm-hmm. said, well, if you're going to battle, um, you know, Louisiana with people not wearing masks, I'm going to go with you. So we did, we went, we visited my mom and then we were driving home. Um, we put on Letter to You, and she just enjoyed it immensely. So I agree. Um, I do want to share, I don't know if you've heard the story, but uh, Marine Van Zant was nice enough to join me. Oh, yes, I saw. I was yeah. so happy for everybody, including you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she. I asked the question. I said, okay, you know, I assume they go home during their recording. You know, like I know it was over four or five days. And she goes, yes. She goes, though, I now picture this sleepover where, you know, uh, <laughs> Stephen bringing in, uh, you know, a sleeping bag and Gary's got a, you know, a bag and they're all like bunking up and talking and everything. So uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. The documentary was so amazing to see them, you know, all with their legal pads and pencils as Bruce is singing and writing down and them going, no, 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 let's do it this way. And, and when little Steven starts talking, you see him, the reason why he was comfortable playing Silvio on Sopranos, because that's what he had done for Bruce all those years, you know, and it was just really great to see. I don't have a... I won't say I don't have a musical bone in my body, but uh, I don't have the capacity to create music or yes. or I don't think of the world and I don't experience the world inside uh, the creation of music that way. I'm very verbal and very word oriented. And so I, I, the lyrics and the, you know, writing the lyrics, I can get a beat on. Writing a lyric with a melody is just, to me, it's magic. To me, it is it is magical. And to 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 watch them do that, I I, I just it it was like watching someone. Uh, I don't even know what it would be. The, you know, the equivalent of watching someone make fire from nothing. You know, just poo. It's like watching Harry Potter for me. Where ta- a friend of mine and I are actually talking to Max Weinberg on Monday. Oh, how fun. Yes, yes. And one of the questions I want to ask him about is just, so you just made it up just sitting there, you know, that, that drum roll. And if I was a priest and you just made that up, you know, and ghosts, you, that just, you just heard what Bruce brought you. And then you said, oh, this would, this would sound good with that. I just want to ask if that's what happened. Oh, I can't wait to, is are we going to be available to hear it? No, we, I bid on a, uh, it was a charity auction for St. Jude's and it was a Zoom conversation with Max Weinberg. And I said, I don't, I don't think I have a better use for my money than outbidding everyone for a conversation with Max Weinberg. So. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So we were... um we actually um, did a short uh, vacation and we toured St. Jude's. We went and saw and, you know, was amazed at that hospital and seeing Danny Thomas's legacy and the, the story behind that. So, oh, what a great, I, yes. I appreciate it. So yes. that's good. Um, I, I yes. you know, throw them out that there's a podcast if he feels like joining me okay i sure <laughs> no i do not expect you to do that um and i get to i get to bring a friend along oh how fun. Uh, and so my friend dana wessel he mm-hmm. is um a radio personality and we he lives in minneapolis we we are friends in real life but we first became friends on twitter mostly because he would tweet at me while i was mayor and i didn't know if he was trolling me or just being okay. hilarious and funny mm-hmm. uh that he wants a water slide in downtown minneapolis and so now it's one of my deepest regrets that i did not uh lead the campaign for a massive downtown water slide in minneapolis because we're friends did mm-hmm. did bruce ever tour when you were mayor, did he, did it work out where you were the mayor and he was touring in that, at that point and having a show there? He goes to St. Paul. He plays in St. Paul. So Minneapolis and St. Paul are twin cities and funny story. The mayor of St. Paul and I are 
really friends, actually friends in real okay. life. And we, we were friends before I was mayor and he was mayor at the same time. And we are still friends. And in 2016, uh, when he was doing the river tour, he came to St. Paul and I went to the show with Chris Coleman, okay. uh, the, who is now the former mayor of, of St. Paul. And so Chris and I went to the show together. We were in the pit and uh, he's gone to many, many more Bruce shows than I have. Okay. And um, we're in the pit and Bruce starts playing I'm a rocker and he starts walking to that, uh, you know, the stage that bisects the pit and the rest sure. of the floor. And Chris Coleman, you can't ask for a better friend. You can't ask for a better Bruce friend. Chris Coleman shoves me to the back to uh, to this, you know, to the stage that's on the floor there. Uh, a guy is like, helps me find a space on the on the fence there. So when Bruce comes by, uh, he shakes my hand and looks in my eye and shakes my hand. I get to say thank you. Uh, that was five years ago. I still haven't washed my hands, which is a challenge in the pandemic. Yes. Um, but, I, you know, I had this amazing moment and it was, he literally shoved me. Oh, Chris that's literally great. literally shoved me to make sure that I got in place because he knew what Bruce was about to do. Uh, and he put me as, you know, as they say about Wayne Gretzky, he made sure I was where the puck was going. And uh, that was amazing. So Chris, uh, you know, uh, Bruce plays St. Paul when he goes to Minnesota, uh, uh, sort of through the Twin Cities area. And uh, it took a few times, but I think Chris did eventually get to say hello to Bruce, but I have not yet been able to do that except for that moment during I'm a Rocker at the end of February 2016. Uh, you, did you not make one of the book signings? No. Okay. Uh, I did not. I, I had a an interesting term as mayor and I was okay. constantly uh just busy though I did get to go to Broadway so okay that's good um uh, I and, and I promise we're going to get to our agenda but I think it's fascinating because I'm thinking if I'm mayor I'm like okay I, I, well Mr. Mayor we you know Miss Mrs. Mayor we don't do keys to the city well we're doing one now <laughs> Yeah, but we no. Oh. I'm just saying. Trust me. There's yes. no like you go make it happen. Go find someone. We are doing. This is Bruce Springsteen Day, but we just don't do. Yes, we are. I'm changing yes. the rules. Yes. Oh no, I used my powers for good that way more than <laughs> once. Uh, with John Hyatt uh, comes to mind, and with Garth Brooks, it comes to mind, and Janet Jackson comes to mind. Uh, but it's hard to do when he's not in your city. Absolutely. So you mentioned John Hyatt. John Hyatt is one of my um, favorite people. If I was going to do uh, the Beach Boys was my first obsession. I was right out of high school, 1977. I ended up buying Endless Summer on an eight track and fell in love with the Beach Boys. But um, I started dating Linda in 1980. And one of her best friends, Jennifer, was dating a guy named Rick and Rick adored John Hyatt and Slugline and this things. And so um, Rick died a few years ago. So now then there's that whole memory of Rick, but we have followed John's career all these years. And um, 
if I was going to do another podcast, I would love to do it about John Hyatt. I, just think, I love John Hyatt. Yeah. And he was really kind because when he came to Minneapolis, I reached out because he had done an event uh, for the retreat, which is a fantastic uh, addiction recovery center in Minnesota. Uh, and they were doing an award ceremony and John played. And um, I've been sober myself since I was 19. I'm 31, you know, 31 years sober at this point. And so when I was in early recovery, John Hyatt's music, he has so much great music and he's yeah. got great music for people who are in recovery. Yes. And uh, he very kindly, I reached out to his folks and they, he very kindly let me do a proclamation for him when he came to town, uh, thanking him for his work on behalf of um, adolescents in recovery, especially uh, yes. in, Nash in Nashville. He does, a, he does a lot of support for a recovery center that works with young people. And since I got sober as a 19-year-old, it particularly means a lot to me that he did that. And I think he was... I think it was agonizing for him to be recognized publicly that way. And he very kindly let me do it anyway. And he is just a joy. He is just a wonderful person. We, we met him early, early. It was right after, it was right before Bring the Family came out or maybe right after where he just recently gotten sober, but we didn't know that. Even though they talked about, you know, the only bars I have now are lettuce and tomato. Um, and we, we met him and he was very charming. Um, and then there are a lot of regrets 2020 gave me, but I had tickets to see Lily Hyatt was coming to oh. Dallas. And uh, I had discovered her because of her father, a very different voice, but just really very talented in her own way. And I was just so excited to, um, she's been she's been kind every once in a while to respond to a couple of my tweets and everything. And, and I was so excited to see her and it got canceled. Oh, um, and it, you know, so on the grand scheme of things, very minor regrets, but I had a guest tell me that when things are over, we will have to take a period of mourning those things, the high school yes. seniors who did not get a prom, yes. who did yes. not get a full graduation ceremony, the, the shows we didn't get to see, I think are very fair. Um, yes. that's, that's, that's truly lovely. Do, so I want to go back and we haven't, but I usually start with the beginning. So talk about growing up, what yes. kind of music were, did your family listen to? And was it a musical family? It was a musical family, but it was mostly classical and choral music. Okay. Uh, you know, my very early memories musically are my father listening to classical music in his study, which shared a wall with my bedroom. So I would wake up and go to sleep with that. And my mother listened to a lot of choral music. She was in the choir at her church always, my whole life, wherever she was, but certainly for about 40 years in, in Minnesota at Wyzetta Community Church. My mother was in the choir. So that, you know, I found pop music and rock music through my brothers. I have two older brothers. Uh, my brother Nick uh, is seven years older than I am. And I remember being in third grade and he brought home songs to the key of life, Stevie Wonder. And I just loved the song, Sir Duke. And 
Paul Simon, I remember memorizing the words to slip sliding away. And my brother who was in high school at that point just was flabbergasted that this eight or nine year old kid knew all the words to slip sliding away. And, um, you know, I knew there was something about popular music, but kids would come to school. I remember uh, being in sixth grade and kids coming to school singing Another One Bites the Dust. They were singing, you know, Queen songs. And I just did not understand what it was, but my mother got me a clock radio. And then I could listen to the radio at night as I was going to bed. And I listened to, and this would have been in the mid to late seventies. So I listened to, to mostly pop music and soft rock music. I don't, I don't remember listening to Bruce until I was in high school. Uh, I do remember listening to the Rolling Stones. I, in seventh grade, I asked my mother for, uh, I asked my parents for Tattoo You, the record Tattoo You, and they got it for me. And I don't think they really understood <laughs> that some of that music might've been better vetted for a seventh grader, but, um, <laughs> There it was, you know, and I've been, I'm, I'm a longtime Stones fan as well. And I do remember when I was in high school, uh, my brother came home from college to go to uh, shows at the St. Paul Civic Center. Uh -huh. He wanted to go to a concert at the St. Paul Civic Center. And he was in college in, in, at Northfield uh, at Carleton in Minnesota. So he came up. And I remember that he went to this show vividly because the next day he came downstairs and he was, it was like he was on fire. He was just vibrating with excitement about this show that he'd seen. And he was very excited because the artist had um, asked the audience if it was okay to sing a song twice because they were recording a video. And the video was Dancing in the Dark. Oh, how funny. Was recorded at those early shows at the St. Paul Civic Center on the Born in the USA tour. And Courtney, you know, Courtney Cox was there. He remembers this. He thought it was just a random girl, but of course sure. it was Courtney Cox being pulled on stage to dance. And then Bruce asked permission from the audience. Can we do this again? And he just told this whole story and it was his first time seeing Bruce live. And that made an impression on me. That made an impression on me, how excited he was. And then from then on, there were always Bruce albums and stuff around. And of course, the Born in the USA album was my first real exposure uh, to Bruce and the band and the music. And I liked that album. I liked that album a lot. I had that album. Uh, forgive me, Bruce, I promise you, I have spent so much money on your music and, and uh, your swag and your concert tickets, but I did share the album with a friend. So I recorded on cassette the album that my friend Molly and I bought together. Yes. Uh, and what I remember most from that album is I'm on fire. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't quite my music. I listened to classic rock all through high school and college. Uh, you know, I was there, I went to Bryn Mawr College, I went to Philadelphia, basically for college. And I remember at the end of September, we went to a U2 concert. And Bruce came on stage to sing uh, with the band. Mm -hmm. And how excited I was, that was exciting, because, oh, yeah. wow, Bruce Springsteen is big. 
But I remember hearing Born to Run and Thunder Road on the radio and being a little confused by it. Like, where's yeah. the chorus? Where's the chorus? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I've told this story uh, before Betsy and um, I, AM radio, clock radio was what I listened to. Uh, I'm, I'm about 10 years older than you. Um, so the heyday of AM rock and roll, 75, 76, as I said, I graduated high school in 77, uh, Casey Kasem's top 40 and, you know, all that. Oh, yeah. And I remember being in a, um, a barbershop and there was either time or Newsweek, one of them that had Bruce on the cover, you know, the future of rock and roll or whatever. And I remember looking at like, who's this guy? Yeah. I've never heard of yeah. this guy. Yeah. Right. And I remember I was dating a girl, um, the girlfriend before Linda, and she heard Darkness on the Edge of Town when pre-show, somebody was there and somebody was playing it. They were setting up for some country act that was going to play, you know, and uh, she really liked it and I didn't get it. Right. And I remember the guy who ran the local radio record store talking about they went and saw Bruce in Houston and that they were exhausted and like they were leaving, like we're just exhausted. And he started doing Born to Run and like, we don't care. We're just too tired. We have to leave. Oh. And I, oh. you know, I, you know, like I couldn't imagine anyone oh. being that tired after a show. Right. So oh, that um, hurts my heart. Yes. So, um, yes. And I have that argument all the time, Betsy, that. Uh, a couple of people will say, um, especially my friend Sam, is like, okay, we like take Born to Run out of the show set and give us another song. And I'm like, but so everyone's show is someone's first show. And if you go to see Bruce Springsteen and you don't hear Born to Run, you're going to be disappointed. So let's, he has to think about not the people that this is their 200th show. They also have to think about, you know, the people that, uh, this is their first show. And I will tell you, as many times I've seen it, I get happy every time he goes into Born to Run. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, have a, I have a few policies around being a fan. Okay. One of them is there's no wrong way to be a fan, Good. right? You are, however you love Bruce, you love Bruce, right? right? There's no wrong way. There's one kind of fan I that particularly makes me itchy, but... Um, but there's no wrong way to do it. Everybody's a fan if they say they're a fan or they love the music. That's it, period. Right. Um, and I also have a, a policy that I'm not, until and unless Bruce or any of them, any member of the band asks me themselves uh, for criticism or critique, mm. until they ask, I'm not given any. Right. It is not my job to tell Bruce Springsteen what album to create or what's good or bad. It's where, you know, as he says, we're in a conversation together and he's keeping up his end of the bargain. I'm going to keep up my end of the bargain. Um, and so I and so I just I can't imagine a time in my life that I would be unhappy to hear Bruce Springsteen play Board to Run live under any circumstance. Yeah, th th yes, I'm right there with you. And and I love your guidelines. Um, and after Letter to You came out, a few people posted that they didn't like it. And um, 
and my first always thought is did your mother never teach you if you can't say something nice don't say anything at all <laughs> of course obviously i i don't belong on the internet right um right, right. and then but the only time that made me angry is someone spoke poorly about letter to you and said bruce you're diluting your legacy stop it oh. and that made me angry betsy i will tell yeah. you yeah i mean like donald trump angry like this 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 hate that i have and i, I know we're not gonna get political but the hate that i have for the hypocrisy of certain politicians like there is nothing bruce springsteen can do musically to destroy his legacy he's no. got nothing to prove no I, mean, you know, I, I don't care if he did you know, if he did a Christmas album, if he did a cover of Johnny Cash songs, which, by the way, I would pay big money to hear him do. Oh, I mean, no you know, kidding. I mean, whatever he wants to do, he can do. And that does not destroy his legacy. No. Um, and, and, um, and I kind of I am the kind of fan that says I, I'm along for the ride. And you know what? Yes. You, you've you, you've earned the right to do whatever you want to do. Yes. If you want to do uh, an album of Jimmy Webb, Glenn Campbell type songs, I'm in, and I love yes. the Western Stars. Me too. You want to you want to do a film? Great. Um, you know, you want to go to Broadway? I, I you know I, I may not be able to afford to go. I ended up getting a ticket. I was incredibly grateful. Thank you to my wife. I still thank her all the time that I was able to do that because I live in Dallas. So there not only was getting, I had to get yep. to New York, right? Yeah. Um, and it was, it, he just has nothing to prove to anyone. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I will say there are the fandom, the fandom exception. When I say there's no wrong way to be a fan, I mean. You know, there are few Bruce Springsteen fans who've seen fewer shows than I have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but I, I just listen to the music all the time and I love it. Great. That's me as a fan. Right. Now, the exception to that, you know, there have been some there have been some dust ups with fans who illegally downloaded the new album early. Yeah, that sort of stuff. And I hear about that on the fringe. And that's just that's not OK. Yeah. Um, that's not okay. And if you start attacking Bruce or the band in ways that are beyond, hey, I have an opinion about this or whatever, uh, that's not okay either. But that's just basic human decency. That's not exactly. That's not how, you know, if you're a fan in the right way or not. And at some point, remind me to tell you about the story about how I got my ticket because it's pure magic. Well, let's uh, well, let's go ahead. I, I'll make a note. I'm going to ask you about live shows and, and how you you went from being a casual fan to a mega fan. But go oh. ahead and tell me the oh, Broadway. No. So. Well, let me tell you how I, I came okay. from a casual fan to a mega fan because it's a funny story. Okay. I woke, so I go through college. I, you know, I'm mostly familiar with Born in the USA as an album. Great. Uh, I go through college, I get sober. I'm in my 20s. I moved to New Mexico for a while. Then I go to grad school for a while, you know, get my master's degree. Then I move back to Minneapolis. I'm married to my first husband at this point. Uh, we later divorced, but I'm married to my first husband. And I promise you it happened just like this. Uh, I think I know what the spur for this was. 
but it was a few months gap. I woke up one morning and I said to myself, this was about 1990, 2000, 2001, somewhere in there, it was before 9-11. I woke up and I said, I think I need to listen to Bruce Springsteen now. And at the time they had those clubs where you could get 10 CDs for a penny if you joined the club. So I joined the club and I got as much of Bruce's discography as I could, all the early albums, uh, especially uh, the Unplugged, I think, Chimes of Freedom. I got all those CDs and I proceeded to listen to almost nothing else for the next two years. So why do you think you woke up with that itch? Uh, I don't know. The best I can figure out is that a couple, three or four months before, I had heard, I think this is what happened. I had heard Santa Claus is coming to town on the radio. Okay. And I really, it was eye-opening to me, just sort of his inter- his and Clarence's, especially interpretation of that uh, and just the joy in the music. And I really love when people do fresh takes on familiar right. songs. Sure. And so it stuck with me. And then I was working in an environment and I, I, I also was working with somebody who, um, who was a fan of Bruce, particularly the album Nebraska. Okay. Uh, and... Other than that, I cannot explain it to you. I on it, but I'm pretty good at listening to my gut. I'm pretty good at hearing those voices and paying attention to them. So I listened to myself and I said, okay, I'm going to listen to some Bruce Springsteen. And from the second I popped, I don't even know what the first one was. The first album in, I was sold. And I would just exchange, you know, I had a CD player in my car and I would just put in whatever CD and I would just listen to it from beginning to end and either listen to it again and then listen to another one. So it took a long time for me to know what the titles of songs were. It took a long time for me to understand that Jungle Land was one song. Uh, I had lyrics wrong. I had song titles. Doesn't matter. I love the music. And then I... um, and that's how I became a super fan of Bruce Springsteen. Then life got away from me. I mostly listened to radio or whatever for a long time after that because I ran for office. I was in office. I was governing. I didn't have a lot of time to listen to music. Um, you know, still a Bruce fan. And then I became mayor. And in the security, ve- you know, I had a security detail in the vehicle we used. We had a six months free trial of Sirius XM radio. and. Okay. East- radio and uh i listened to e street radio and bruce springsteen almost exclusively the entire time i was made i mean there there were other things i listened to radio was on in the car yeah that's awesome what is your was your security uh, obviously your security detail doesn't have a say in it but how were they Uh, bless his heart. Officer Kurth was very kind Mm -hmm. because he knew his job was to, and I had had, uh, someone else for the first few months. And so when I was interviewing officer Kurth for the permanent position of, of security detail, I was clear with him, look, I'm going to be saying what music plays in the car. So he knew I tried to be kind, you know, 
And uh, we listened to the Soul Station a lot and other things, but mostly yeah. we listened to E Street. And there were times when I was having a rough time, I would get in the car and I'd just be sitting there and he would just, without saying a word, he would just turn on E Street Radio. That's you awesome. Know, he knew uh, I was having a rough time yeah. of it and he would just turn on E Street Radio. And so Officer Kurth is, is fantastic. He's one of my favorite people. And he's not a huge Bruce fan. Let's just put it that way. Shout out to <laughs> Officer Kurth. Very nice. Shout out oh, to that's awesome. Great. Uh, I will, I, I, um, I may end up cutting this out. I may not, but because my poor listeners have heard this story so many times, but um, I drove down to Austin to see him at a book signing that he mm. ended up coming to Austin. And, you know, and I practiced the whole way down. I was um, Luca Brock's on the Godfather before, you know, he sits down. And, and so when I got there, you know, what I said is I spent nine months unemployed and I listened to better days and land of hope and dreams every day. And that what yes. got me through it. Yes. And uh, there is, um, there is not a, a bad day I have where I don't play his cover dream baby dream. Yeah. I don't play yeah. better days. I don't play yeah. land of hope and dreams. There is, um, you know, my son will play out in the streets with just a sense of joy. Cause he's like, yes. dad, it doesn't matter whether you're the janitor or the CEO on Monday morning, everyone's thinking about Friday, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. I, I get that. I get that. Um, so you mentioned uh, congratulations, by the way, on being um, in recovery this long. I know that's amazing. Um, did I, I have family members that are in recovery. I have my own demons, but I, I'm just going to ask, have you heard Jason Isbell's It Gets Easy? Or oh, yes. I love Jason Isbell. Yes. 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 And that song that, you know, when I said there was so much good music. Yeah in 2020 yes jason's new album was one of those and that song you know it gets easier but it never gets easy um so much great music that he does john hyatt did some online concerts that i got yes. to go to um yeah just just yes Jason, remarkable yeah it is and it's then there is I know he said on Twitter once, someone said, is there a celebrity that did a great kindness to you? And he said, yes, Bruce Springsteen, but didn't tell the story. And they were like, whoa, no. And he goes, eh, not my story. Nope, I'm not going to share. Um, I just think he's amazing. And that song has so many depths because I think just in my mind, better days is saying you enjoy the journey that, you know, yes. no matter what's happening with your life, you enjoy the journey. And these are the better days. Yes. Um, I think it gets easier, but it's never easy is also about the struggle of every day, whether it's yeah. addiction, whether it's your job, whether it's your marriage, whether it's raising the kids, um, you know, it, it, it gets easier, but it's never easy. It is always. Yes. And so I, I agree. That was just something really beautiful. Um, I go mean, ahead. The thing you were saying about there's, you know, on any given day, you can listen to Bruce and it just lifts you up. One of the things I love about Bruce's music is that for me, it helps bring me back to myself. Yes. 
if I'm getting confused about who I am or what I'm doing, if I'm getting anxious or worried or impatient, I just have to listen to some Bruce. And I just, he helps me, rem his music, I don't know him, his music helps me remember who I am in the best possible way and restore me to that balance. Uh -huh. And because um, he really, he, he is clearly sees the worst in us. He has his eyes wide open about the worst in us. And he still believes fervently in the best in us. And that to me is everything. That is what I love about Bruce is he's not, not he's not closing his eyes to, to, to our worst impulses, but he is celebrating and convicted by our best impulses and not uh, helping me remember that is one of the many gifts his music has given me. Uh, I totally agree. You know, every once in a while, you'll see someone on Twitter or social media. Well, if you could only bring one artist's music to a desert island, what would you do? And and you know, I'd be like, oh, that'd be such a struggle. I'm like, no, it wouldn't be Bruce Springsteen. I mean, that would be that'd be that'd be so yeah. easy. I mean, yes, yes, I would miss hearing other musicians, but yes. Bruce has a little bit of everything for it. Um, yes. I, I I'm gonna take us off the agenda a little bit. What made you want to go to public service? Uh there I, I, on the the short answer is I'm it it felt like mission work to me. It, okay. it, it was um, calling. It was calling. I, I don't think it was a natural fit for where I was in my life at the time, mm -hmm. but I knew I wanted to change, uh, uh, you know, uh, making the world a better place for all of us to live together, making it a good yeah. place for yes. all of us to live together is something I'm passionate about and have always been passionate about. And particularly when it comes to racial equity, and I had gone to graduate school to study race and class and sociology. And I had a professor there, uh, Joel Rogers, UW-Madison, hey Joel, who uh, made the case that local government was a very powerful place to do social change work. Yes. And I took him at his word. And so I started volunteering on local campaigns and working for organizations that worked in local government space and eventually people asked me to run for city council and I took it seriously uh, for a whole host of reasons at the time and I said yes and there you go and that's more true for women than men men women are more likely to need to be asked to consider running for office and men are more likely uh, to just decide that that would be a good idea so for all the women out there listening please consider running for office you know, Consider yourselves asked. There is a um, there is a wonderful one woman play about Ann Richards that mm. my wife and I got to see when it was in Austin and PBS. If you go to PBS online, it's available where mm -hmm. you can see that. And she talks about that that um, her and her husband and you know her um, when she, before she got divorced and that he pushed her and said, "You you're the one who should do this, not me." Right. But I do think yep. that is it is. That's good. Yeah. Um, so um, I don't know if you're someone who counts and I always preface this. The amount of times you've seen Bruce perform live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. I've had people who have never seen him that are massive fans. And I've had people that, you know, have can't count the number of shows. But for the record, do you count 
And how many times have you seen him? It would be hard not to count. Okay. Uh, because the first time I saw him was on the Secret Sessions tour, which was very okay. fun. Uh, then I saw him in that show in 2016 on uh, uh, in St. Paul when yeah. Mensch Mayor Chris Coleman mm-hmm. shoved me to the to the line, and yes. I saw him on Broadway. Okay. That is some total of my time seeing Bruce Springsteen live. Okay. Um, you said there's a fun story about Broadway. Yes. Uh, I was uh, running for re-election for mayor in 2017, and I lost. But it was a really difficult year for a whole host of reasons. And uh, you know, he started his show in the middle so, of that. I'm sorry, year. I've got it. I can't. I can't resist. You did not call the electoral board and say, "Hey, can't you just find me another X amount of votes?" <laughs> another, as it turns out, just 600 votes. No, <laughs> no, okay. no. Somehow I managed to. Wow, uh, shocking! Concede. Okay. I, know. I know. I somehow managed simply to concede <laughs> the election. Uh, yeah, I know. You I'm have really... to laugh because if not, it just will make you cry. If you don't, uh, my mother would always say that if you don't laugh, you're gonna cry. Yes. Um, so he has this show and I am busy running for re-election. It's just six months. I just, there's no bandwidth. I mean, I didn't have the bandwidth to just see him a couple times when he came to town when I was yeah. governing. So, you know, I certainly didn't have the bandwidth to figure out how to get a ticket and get to New York. But then I lost the election and I found myself, uh, I got a fellowship at Harvard. So I was in, in the Boston area. I was in Cambridge. He extends the show at that point by just six months. Right. And I'm on the East Coast. And I just decided I was going to go. I started telling people I was going to go. Uh, and they'd say, do you have a ticket? I'd say, no. Well, if you want to mortgage your house, you can go no problem. I said, you know, uh, I am willing to pay some money to go to this show, uh, but I'm going. And I just kept telling people. And a, a couple of weeks after I started telling people, I said, well, I should probably do something about it. Yes. So I, uh, one, I remember it was Sunday afternoon. I did a series of texts and emails to every person in my life. Uh, to tell them, you know, next to sleeping in a pile of puppies, uh, seeing this show on Broadway is the number one thing on my bucket list. Do you have a line on how I could get one ticket to any show? Uh, Because this is something I really want. And I asked anybody in my life I thought might have an idea, either themselves or somebody else I could talk to, where I could get one ticket to any show. Within an hour, uh, my friend Wayne texted me back and he said, well, when do you want to go? And I said, uh, well, okay, the show goes through June, but my fellowship's through May, but I'll go anytime. Uh, Weekends would be better, but I can make it work during the week, but there are a couple weeks in March where I actually have to be somewhere else. I had to be in DC actually for a work thing. Okay. But other than that, and Wayne texted me back and he said, Betsy, when do you want to go? I'm getting choked up just thinking about it because I knew what he was saying was just tell me when you want to go. And I, I started to cry This is on my phone. Like I'm alone in my apartment and I start to hyperventilate a little bit. 
and I'm like, okay, calm down. Uh, and I looked at my phone and I, and I just said, when would be the best time for me to go? And I said, April 7th. He said, okay, how many tickets do you want? And I was like, oh, two, I want two tickets. And he texted back and he said, okay, they'll be at will call. I'm, for folks who are listening, I am in tears just telling the yes, story. Yes, she is. And I, I will tell you, I'm joining you. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, should I pay, you know, do I pay the, for them at will call or should I send you a check? And he said, please let us do this for you. Wow. Uh, this is my friend Wayne and his husband, Christopher. I officiated their wedding. And indeed, uh, those tickets were at will call. And within an hour, I had that exchange with Wayne. And I got a message from my friend Julia and her husband, Josh, who live in, in New York. And they mm -hmm. said, look, we have no idea how to get you a ticket, but you can stay with us for free. So within an hour, I had two tickets and a place to stay. Wow. And you know who I called? <laughs> yes. I called, I called my brother. Yes. The one who introduced me to Bruce Springsteen, the one who was at that show where they, where they filmed Dancing in the Dark. He'd had a rough couple, three years himself. I called up my brother and I said, guess what you're doing on April 7th? And he said, what? And I said, you're coming with me to see Springsteen on Broadway. Uh, I have a ticket and a place to stay. You just have to get there. And he, and he's my brother. He was like, okay. So, so that is how I saw Springsteen on Broadway. So we went on April 7th and we, I remember the two of us just walking around New York, like, and eventually we stopped at a McDonald's and just talked for hours. Yeah. And then in the middle of the afternoon, we, uh, we went to the Walter Carr theater mm -hmm. to see the tickets. <laughs> yeah. Because until that moment, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Like, okay, did. yeah, they, yeah, Wayne's promised me, but yes. I mean, you know, Wayne and the uh, this great woman he works with, Crystal, like she yeah. got in touch with me, and we had worked it out. But even so, I walk in, I ask to see the tickets. She hands them to me. Again, I start to cry in the lobby. Yeah. And she said, "So, do you want to take those tickets with you?" Or, and I was, "No, ma'am, no. Please take them from me." Because if I hold them, I am just going to sit here for the next five hours until the doors open because I am not risking these tickets for yes. anything. Yes. And she took them back from me. And then we, you know, we went about our yeah. day and we came back and we saw the show. And um, I, the, my most vivid memory of that show is popping out of my skin with joy and just feeling like I was connected to the entire world. Um, it was a transcendent experience for me. And I thanked Wayne and Christopher by, um, I mean, how do you thank somebody for that? Right, yes. I, uh, I wrote them a letter because I said, and in the letter I said, I don't think you fully understand what you just did for me. I really, I, here's, here's what you need to know about the history of how much I love Bruce and how much this meant to me, particularly at this exact moment in my life. Here's what the show was like for me. Here's what you did for my brother. 
I, I, I have no better way. I mean, you know, I got them flowers and we took them to dinner, but yeah. you know, how do you thank somebody for making your dream come true? And that meant a lot to them. And Wayne said to me when we went out to dinner, you know, I got that text and I thought, oh, do I want to do this? This will be a pain. And then he said, but I got a nudge from the universe that I should just say yes. And I am so glad when I got your letter, I understood why. That's how I ended up seeing Springsteen on Broadway. That is just, that is a lovely story. That is, um, you know, mine wasn't quite as miracle, but it was um, there. You talked about there is one group of fan that itches you the wrong way I think you said it or something like that and I I'm too polite to ask you but maybe when the mic ends I may ask you when we turn oh no I can tell you okay 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 go ahead it's um and it's not the wrong way to be a fan it's just I'm also a country music fan and it's like when you tell somebody oh I love country music and they're like yeah I love country music too you know Johnny Cash you know, they have a little bit of an attitude about country music, except for classic country music. So the the equivalent for that with me and Bruce is when you tell somebody, hey, I'm a Springsteen fan. And they're like, oh, yeah, I like Springsteen. I like Nebraska. And it's like the only album that they like is Nebraska. And that's OK. Like, there's no wrong way to be a fan. Yes. But it's a little bit like, oh dude and it's almost always a dude it's like oh dude you're missing out like nebraska of course is a fantastic album and you know have you heard western stars have you heard darkness on the edge of town have you heard wrecking ball which is one of my favorite bruce albums like yeah yeah well um i i I don't know if i'm gonna make this happen but i the the sports station i listen to here in dallas uh, does a lot of fake characters. They do a fake Jerry Jones. They do, yeah. um, you know, they, you know, and they, and they, they have a, the pushy sales guy, Chris, Chris, that always uh-huh. is listening to Dave Matthews and talking about I'm a six fake club and, you know, uh, me and Rones hanging out, you know, and, um, <laughs> and I said, I want to do a fake Springsteen fan that pff, he's done nothing since darkness. <laughs> everything since darkness is crap you know yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, know yeah. just like well if you haven't seen him a hundred if, if you if you haven't hit three digits you haven't seen him show you know i and so i yeah. want to do this fake character yeah. that i just yes. think would be hilarious yes. to see that you know so um yeah so anyway there is a small percentage of fans that are just incredibly negative and and so when Bruce announced that he was going to be on Broadway and they announced the ticket prices, you know, mm-hmm. Bruce has forgotten the common man. I've always been a fan. I've gone to shows multiple times. I can't believe we forgot this. And then people can't believe people went to more than one show. And I went and I brought up my fact, well, I know some of you go shows five or six nights in a row and in the queue to try to get in the pit five or six times in a row oh that's different jesse why you're 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 taking someone else a chance to be in the pit you know and uh it's just too many but anyway so there was a lot of negativity and i said look i'm never gonna go i can't afford it i live in dallas but the man can do whatever he wants and so uh, a guy sent me a facebook dm and said, why aren't you going? Like, I just can't afford it. Yeah. He said, well, what could you afford? 
Mm. Like, Mm. well, what do you mean? He said, I can get you a ticket. Mm. And I'm like, well, let me talk to Linda. And he says, "Um, I have one. It's the middle range, like the $400 or something, you know, seven. I can't remember now what it was, but it was, it wasn't the high end, but it was the middle range. And he says, do you let me, I said, okay, let me go talk to my wife. And so I'm like, okay, Linda, you know, and she's well. And so we, we Googled and we found on Travelocity, you, a little pod hotel that, you know, that just is basically looks like a little, (laughs) it looks like a, like cruise, a cruise ship, but it was perfect for what I needed and a round trip airline. It was like, okay, you can go for this. You can ticket, um, you know, we, we had had a little bitty savings account. I had had one of those where every, some app that every time you spent something, it rounded up, yep. you know? And so yep. there was like a grand in that. Yep. Linda's like, we didn't even know we had that. Use that to go. So I've always been grateful. Um, and, and it was such a blessing. I mean, I take that as a blessing yes. because yes. when I was there, I just couldn't believe I was seeing this and that yes. fearing and, um, so yeah, I and I love your story. I think that's amazing. I yes, I, it is one of the and it and it just every year on April seventh, I thank yeah. Wayne and Christopher <laughs> again. Well, it's my Bruce anniversary, and then my friend Dana got mm-hmm. to go. Uh, he got to go on my birthday on September seventh. Okay, you know, a few months later, and so we just you know we wish each other our happy Bruce anniversaries every year now. But. What's even more special, not only seeing Bruce on Broadway was special, but that kind of love from a friend. Yes. I mean, the idea of, no, no, no. When do you want to go? You know, and you're like, what? Like, no, no, no. You know, just, yeah. yeah. Um, I knew exactly what he meant. And I just, again, just, you just said it. And I started to tear up again. That is that is huge. That is huge. And mm-hmm. uh, I never want to take that for granted, but it's one of the ways I remember there's good in the world and there's magic in the world and we get to do good things for each other. And I got to turn around and pay it forward for my brother, you know, Yes. who it never occurred to him. He was going to go see that show. It just oh, never no. occurred to him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he was, he lives in the Philly area and mm-hmm. took the train up and we got it. We had a free place to stay. I mean, it just, well, and you think about, you know, you've, you've, you've had a, a professional setback and I'm sure yep. that was disappointing and, and because oh. you knew there was so much more good you wanted to do. Uh, and because I do feel like you just said it's a calling and I just, the few times I, the little bit of time I spent with you, I could get that feeling from you. And, um, and I, 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 I try to have faith. And in fact, I talked about that uh, when I was unemployed for nine months, it's easy to have faith when things are going well. Yes. It's when things are going bad that you yep. have to focus on and yep. you go, okay, life, what are you doing to me? Right? Like yep. what, what, what are you doing? And to be given that gift by someone who loves yes. you and says, no, you deserve this. This is, let me yep. do this for you is amazing. Yes. And that was my attitude as well. It was like, okay, well, clearly uh, something else is in store. I know that I will come to that. You know, this was my conversation with my higher power. Like, 
clearly I will come to that perspective right now. I'm not particularly happy about this, but I have more faith in you, uh, Mm -hmm. than it, you know, than that. And, you know, I just set my goal for 2018 was to heal from the disappointment and not be a, you know, a, a, a steaming ball of resentment at the end of the year, just to not let any of that calcify into resentment. And I did a pretty okay job of that. That's good. You know, just turn my attention to what was next. And part of that was healing. And part of that was remembering there's magic in the world. And yeah. Bruce is always good for helping me remember that there's magic in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've, you've talked already and, and it's very clear. You, you love all his albums, but are there favorite songs or albums that you go to in times of joy or in times of stress that, that, give you comfort? I listen to the album Born to Run from beginning to end every year on my birthday. Okay. Uh, And Thunder Road is my favorite song of all time. And that is not, I am not someone who's like, I'm going to find the deepest cut possible and say that that's my favorite song. No, Thunder Road, my favorite song of all time. Uh, And Born to Run, my favorite album of all time. I think it, along with probably Exile on Main Street, two of the greatest rock and roll albums of all time. Uh, And Born to Run, I listen to more. Um, I love the album Wrecking Ball from beginning to end. I just love it. I love the song Wrecking Ball. It just does something for me. Um, You know, Western Stars, I have been turning to again and again over the course of this pandemic. I love the new album. Um, I love the early stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I will listen, you know, the last few weeks I've listened to wild and the innocent a few times, mm-hmm. um, the album, uh, of course. Yeah. And, uh, you know, greetings from Asbury park. I will turn to that when I just need to hear Bruce. Now I listen to E street radio a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's just like my background. So sure. I love being surprised. Yes. I love being surprised by the songs, by the set lists, by the concerts, by the conversations. I just love being surprised. I'm like, you curate a really great Bruce experience for me. I right. love it. Um, but there is a, you know, there's some albums speak to me more than others. When I was listening in that first phase, I listened to a lot of Lucky Town and Human Touch. Right. Um, those albums really spoke to me at that time. And they still do. Like, there's not a Bruce album I'm going to say a bad thing about. Right. Um, I oddly, uh, even I am surprised by this because individually there are a lot of songs that I like, but the river is not the thing that speaks to me most. Right. Uh, for example, um, you know, I'm not likely to put the river on and listen to sides one through four, yeah. you know, straight. I'm just not likely to do that. Although there are individual songs I've come to really like and appreciate over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I can recognize it for the artistry that it is. This is not a criticism of the river. Sure. This is just saying, here's what speaks to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, do you have all day? I mean, the rising... Yeah. Um, I love the rising. I love high hopes. I love the electric version of the ghost of Tom Joad. Like I love yeah. that progression with Tom Morello and yes. the rage against the machine cover. And then he, you know, he does his own electric version of it. And I just, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. There's not an album you're going to play that I'm not going to want to hear. That That's, that's, that's really cool. Um, 
it's okay. He's touring again in 2022. Yes. You get to go. Yes. What's a couple of songs that you haven't heard live that you would like to? Do you have a bucket list of songs you'd love to hear live? In addition to anything off of Letter to You and Western yes. Stars? Yes. <laughs> uh, aside from any of those? Yes. Uh Let's see, Wrecking Ball. I'd like to hear Wrecking Ball live. I mean, clearly yeah. I haven't been to that many shows. Right, yes. And my attitude is, what does Bruce want to play for me tonight? But if I was going to bring a yes. sign, I might bring one for Wrecking Ball. I might bring one for um, High Hopes. Mm-hmm. Uh You know, I just, I just, I was like, well, honestly, what does he want to play for us? I want to hear that. So I am not creative enough to do this, but I thought about during the High Hopes tour, um, for some reason, I really love This Is Your Sword. I just feel like it is a gospel song. And I thought about like, if, if I was creative, if I could cut a cut out of a sword and write, this is your sword and hold it up, but then security would go, no, you can't go in with a sword. And (laughs) Uh, I'd like to, you know what I'd like to see live? I'd like to see anything live, but what I'd like to see is if I should fall behind. Yeah. That is such a beautiful, sweet song. And you know, the live versions that I've heard with him and Patty and Stevie and the band yeah. is just, oh, just heart-clutchingly beautiful. So. Yeah. All right. So what have I not asked you that I should have asked you? Uh, oh, you should ask me about my mother's fertilizer company. All right. Tell me about your, murder, uh, your mother's fertilizer company. So my mother had three careers over the course of her life. She died this past September. Okay. She uh, was a physical therapist. She was a writer. And then in her sort of retirement years, she was president of an organic fertilizer company. Okay. And she came home from a trip. It's a, it was bone ash uh, for people who are curious. Uh, and later, you know, they sold the company to a larger fertilizer company. So, you know, whatever, but she came home from a business trip to a farm in New Jersey that was using her fertilizer and she had not invited me along on the business trip. Oh no. She said, well, I didn't meet him. I mean, we heard the band practicing, but I didn't meet him. I'm like, mom, mom, mom. (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. That is so much funny. I, I do. Um, in memory of your mom, I remember my uh, my grandfather owned a dairy farm, and so I spent a lot of time in the dairy farm. And um, a friend of his um, asked if he could come get fertilizer, so he's out with his shovel going to the pasture, and there's all the drived mounds, you know. And um, they tell the story that his grandson was with him, and they were picking it up, and then his the the neighbor got a shovel and it wasn't dry yet and the kid said that's not fertilizer that's blank grandpa (laughs) and he said um it took a kid for me to explain the difference between fertilizer and shoot (laughs) so (laughs) so that was the story i thought of hearing that that is a great story um the closest happened to me and it's not quite the same uh my my wife just recently retired, but she worked for a company uh, that was based out of Cleveland. 
and she had gone for a business trip and they were at a hotel and she's like yeah they they were filming some kind of film the avengers that was there what <laughs> yeah i know there were all kinds of people walking around but i don't know anyone so i'm like what how did you know, know? <laughs> yeah so yeah that's like, like how that's great well, i only heard the band i didn't meet anyone yes that's that's awesome and I should be clear, my mother was 100% professional. I, yes. had, I never told that story publicly until now. Yes. Uh, but she, she's, you know, she's no longer living. Mm-hmm. The company's with someone else. Like, I, you know, and I didn't want to spill Bruce's yeah, sure. out in the world either. Yeah. But, but I, I figure, you know, it was 20 years ago at this point. So we're good. But there yeah. is a, um, there is a couple of year or so ago, I had a writer on, um, to the moon and back she talked about growing up in a cult her mother was a mm-hmm. Mooney, and she talked about getting out of that and her father ran a restaurant mm. and um and at the time julianne phillips and that was julianne's favorite uh, restaurant and they were married yeah and um and he would come to the restaurant all the time and lisa would say let me let me bust the table. And her dad's like, no, you can't bust the table. You can't bust the table. No, we can't. This isn't professional. And she was whining, whining. And he, um, he came to her one night and he slapped the American Express receipt that Bruce had signed and said, there, Merry, happy birthday. And Lisa (laughs) framed that. And she, when she was on the podcast, she sent me a picture of it. She goes, black out the, I doubt if he still has that American Express number, but I have blocked out those numbers just in case. She goes, and I have that framed receipt. That she goes, so I never got to meet him, but I did get his signature on an American yep. Express of a meal. Yep. And she says, and Bruce was a very healthy tipper. <laughs> <laughs> he strikes me that way. Yes, he does. Yeah, oh, he that is great. That I love this. All right, before yeah. I let you go, and I've I've already kept you yes. longer than an hour, and I'm so yes. sorry. I no, I I could talk all night. I've yes. totally had fun. Yes. Uh, the Mary question. So Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. He just recently retired, but every year um, his seniors take uh, two days and they study Thunder Road, your favorite song. Uh, They look at the imagery, they took the lyrics, they talk about the themes. And at the end of it, um, he asked the question, does Mary get in the car? Mm. So Miss Mayor. Yes. Betsy. Yes. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? You know, until I heard this question on your podcast, it never occurred to me that she didn't. Yes. It never occurred to me that she wouldn't have gotten into that car. I mean, I suppose it could be a little bit like, you know, she's, Mary's holding Schrodinger's, the box with Schrodinger's cat in it, you know, the cat is both alive and dead. Mary's both in the car and out of the car. Absolutely. Um, But to me, it never occurred to me that she didn't both by, I mean, who wouldn't answer that compelling invitation by stepping into that car and then also the crescendo of the music at the end just indicates here we go out into the world you know and um he says we're pulling out of here to win i think and so that's a we that's not a i so that's right there you go i I never it never occurred to me that she wouldn't have gotten into that car and if she didn't 
that's worse than your friends who left the concert during yes. Born to Run. That's worse, Mary. Wherever okay. you are, Mary, that's worse than leaving a concert during Born to Run is not stepping into that car when yeah. Bruce and- I don't know if you've got to hear, uh, but I just put an episode out a couple weeks ago um, where um, Bex Goose joined me and she does a podcast and she did she basically did thunder road as a murder mystery she was like no (laughs) he's stalking her and i was like oh my god i've never thought of it this this was so great um any final thoughts you want to share betsy oh no just that um i just love doing this it's you know not too many people are interested in talking about your bruce stories except for other bruce fans you know so thank you for 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 the service of listening to me talk about how much I love Bruce Springsteen's music and how much it's meant to me and all of that. And um, yeah, thank you. Well, you're very welcome. Um, I am a firm believer that every Bruce fan has a story and it's my, my calling is to get as many on record as possible. And uh, it truly is a joy for me. I, uh, and, and I, um, and when I say, I would love to talk to Tom Hanks. It isn't necessary for the celebrity. It's just the idea that to get his perspective, you know, I just, you know, and so I've been lucky enough to have people from Russia and United Kingdom and, and Germany and, you know, Australia and all over the U S share. And I just, and I get a lot of pushback, Betsy, like, well, I'm boring. I don't have an interesting story. And I go, but yes, you do. You know, I mean, you, everyone, <laughs> oh, I mean, mm-hmm. everyone's music, um, you know, the way his music has been there for our lives, you know, has just mattered. And so I appreciate yes. you taking your time and sharing and uh, best of luck as you get through Thank COVID you. and uh, go ahead. And I, I will close with this. You know, you asked that question, what made you wake up one morning and decide you needed to listen to Bruce Springsteen? And I actually, this just sounds terrible, but I, it's a little bit of calling itself. Yeah. Like it's just a little bit of a gift from the universe to my brain and my gut to say, this will transform you. This will change your life. This will be uh, a source of meaning for you. And I just instinctively knew that when, I, when that voice said to me and my you know, inside me that said, it's time to listen to Bruce Springsteen. I knew to take it seriously. And it was a little bit of calling that way. You know, I feel the same way about the podcast, Betsy, is that, you know, when I first started doing this and I, I, you know, I'm like, Hey, I think this would be kind of fun. And, you know, Springsteen and I had a little bit and, and I, I wanted to hear more Springsteen stories and, um, you know, over 600 episodes and five years later, um, yep. we're still going strong and it's just amazing. So um, I, I'm glad you woke up with that calling and, and I'm glad. Thank you for all you do. Um, good luck as you, we, you this new year. I know you're continuing to try to make the world a better place and thank you for that work. Uh, we're going to have to have you on again sometime. Yes. And I have had much fun uh, answering your 11 questions as well. Oh, okay. So we will have you on that sometime soon. Uh, let's, we'll schedule that. Let's, uh, well, I'll quit recording and we'll schedule it and we'll have that uh, for Dunk Songs of Your Lives. That's a fun episode. Yes. Yes. I, and I've, I've loved listening to people's answers to that. 
It's yeah. just so fun. And whether I recorded for your podcast or not, that's a fun 11 questions to ask. So, yes, very good. All right, listeners, you stay safe, wash your hands, remember to social distance. As Bruce says, wear an effing mask. Let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through. For now, take care and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Merry Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking hard rocking, music-loving, album-ranking, fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Setlisting Bruce. Setlisting Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Setlisting Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.